Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXPG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. Uh, Shock Monkey Radio is sponsored by Royal Builders Custom Construction Company, Incorporated, in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. Give them a Google, or you can reach them at 301-884-2699, but more on them before the news worth knowing. So I uh, hope you're well out there. I hope, uh, hope hopefully, a bunch of you getting back to work, uh, or getting back to work soon. So uh, I got to go to the DMV. I got to renew my driver's license. Um, I'm not looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, hopefully you're out there okay. Um we're back behind the paywall now, so only the podcast is going live on uh, FXPG Public Radio right now. Uh, later, it's going to be up in the RSS feed, so you can download it on your favorite podcatcher or whatever you listen to your podcasts on. And so, uh, yeah, go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, and uh, for the low, low price of $3 a month, you can get full access to all of our video content. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Look for more clips coming up on YouTube. I got my books out there on Amazon.com. Search for Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. Uh, you'll find my Exit 13 series, The Bunny Years, a memoir, and uh, The Ravings of a Madman. Buy my books. We also have a Teespring store. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash madman lowercase. Check it out. So I want to tell you about Tugger Carlson. <laughs> so last night I was drinking beer, as I tend to do at night. I was drinking beer, and so I went into uh, uh, Tim Tim Pool's live stream um, that he does every night. So go look for this live stream for uh, 11 May, the 11th of May, 2020. Because uh, in that live stream, you know, I just I brought I brought my OCD in with me, and then all of a sudden, there's I found I found a group of people who are OCD like me, and they started counting the number of times that uh that Tim Poole was tugging on his shirt. He'll do that all the time, frequently in his videos and stuff like that. It's always kind of bugged me. Some other people have mentioned it too. But it really caught fire in this chat room. And so we're sitting there talking like an accountant, like literally everyone just spamming like 37. And, you know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm playing along like I'm doing a shot every single time he tugs. And this, that they're like, yeah, drink every time. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> You'll die very quickly because he's constantly tugging on his clothes. And eventually people got bored of the counting of it, uh, counting how the number of times he tugs uh, on his shirt. And so we just started coming up with stupid, stupid names like uh, a tug of two cities, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I came up with Tugger Carlson and stuff like that. It's just... It's been it's fun to sometimes go in a chat room and just troll the hell out of it because there's you're gonna find some friends you're gonna find other trolls and so forth. <clears throat> so um, I think Antifa might be psychic or they could see the future or something because um, they were way ahead of the curve. I mean, wearing wearing masks in public before it was trendy. That's interesting. I, I don't know. Maybe Antifa are just trendsetters and they don't know what else to do with themselves. I mean, I've had enough of this virus. I've had enough of the, all these people with their masks on. People are getting far more casual with the masks. You know, they wear them down on under their nose and so forth. And it's like, you know, you know, just take it off at that point. You're not even covering your nose. What if you sneeze? Oh, my God. What if I sneeze? <laughs> Think about it. But we're all walking around with these masks on. Designer masks like, some, like a bunch of trendy American ninjas. And, you know, I just... I've, you know, I'd like to see two people, like, come and they spot each other, 
you know, in the parking lot of uh, Food Line or Weiss or something like that, and they see each other. Then all of a sudden, this Bill, uh, Kill Bill music starts swelling in the background. He's like, Hanzo, you killed my father. And they draw their ninja swords, and then then it's uh, it's the Kill Bill music. Is And then they get to an epic ninja fight, like a Ninja Gaiden cutscene. I just want something interesting to happen, that's all. Anyway. I fucking hate Peter Gabriel. Every single time you type Shock Monkey Radio into your Netscape browser, the first suggestion that pops up is, do you mean Shock the Monkey by Peter Gabriel? No, my content is good. Peter Gabriel should never have left Genesis. Never. His solo work is horrible. It's so bad. What did I write? What was the cotton? What did I? Your solo work sucks ass. It's all shallow and goofy, Peter Gabriel. Fucking asshole. And the only reason I'm mad at you, you know, I would be friends if you didn't put out that stupid Shock the Monkey song. People are getting confused. People are thinking I'm Peter Gabriel. I run into people on the street. It's like, what do you do? I'm a podcaster and YouTuber. It's like, how can I find you? And I say, Shock Monkey Radio. So they go home. They type Shock Shock Monkey Radio. and uh, Oh, it must be Shock the Monkey. That must be it. This guy doesn't look... That guy didn't look anything like Peter Gabriel. And, and you know, why I'm, while, while I'm here and I'm angry and I'm in a real mad at Peter Gabriel, fuck the police. Fuck the police. I mean, who names himself Sting when you're not a wrestler? Pretentious, untalented loser. You never should have gone beyond backing vocals for Dire Straits or the uh, a walk-on role in Dune. Fuck the police. And another thing, that song Don't Stand So Close to Me, you know, young teacher, the subject of a schoolgirl's fantasy. Are you telling us you banged students? Were you a teacher and banged underage girls? Fuck the police. Let me calm down a little bit because I'm going to talk about something I actually, artists I actually like. (laughs) So here's, here's the truth, fatties. Um, I always would have fucked Adele. All right, I know she dropped a bunch of weight recently, and she's been catching some flack for it because losing weight is hard, and there's a ton of people who are pissed off at how hard it is. All right, she dropped a bunch of weight. She looks great. Good for her. But I always would have fucked her. You know, talent goes a long way when it comes to uh, shallow motherfuckers like me. You can sing your ass off like Adele, it can make the, uh, the chubby seem less chubby. You know what I mean? I'm sure you do. I mean, guys can be groupies too, you know. Um, like Janis Joplin? Holy shit. If I were, oh, back in the day when she was young, whoo, I would have been following her around the country. It's like, when are you going to ditch this shitty band? <laughs> oh, I would have tore her up back in the day. And you know why? It's because of that voice. It's because of Janis Joplin's voice. You know, and plus she's petite. I like the petite girls. The, um, and, you know, here, let, me, let me put it like this. Um, I would fuck Britney Spears today just as I would have like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. All right? 
I would still fuck Britney Spears today, but it has nothing to do with her talent. You know what I mean? And even if I was fucking Britney Spears, I'd still be thinking I'd rather be fucking Janis Joplin or Adele. Okay? Because talent goes a long way when it comes to being attractive. All right? Talent and ability goes a long way to being attractive. There's more to what is attractive about a person than what their physical appearance is. And it seems... I hate to generalize too much, but it seems like a lot of women don't understand that until their 30s. Because women didn't really get interesting as tar- in terms of like talking to them and stuff like, you know, actually relating to them on a social level until their 30s. That's what I found being over 40. That's when women get, that's when women get interesting. They start being able to joke more. They start being like a, you know, young girls, they seem to like be afraid to like, cut jokes and you know they, they're scared of offending people they're like me up i'll i'll have you know i was like i'll say the wrong joke and it'll piss somebody off and he'll never want to be with me because I, I don't i don't know what's going on in their head it just seems like after in their 30s they just like yeah, i've had enough with all the pretense i'm let's just have fun you know have a beer and you can joke around with a 30 plus woman so there's a lot there's a lot to being attractive than just a physical form all right, and guys can look past a lot of chubbiness, especially, especially if they're kind people, especially if they, if you have a talent, you're interesting, you're beautiful. Like even Adele, when she's when she was chubby, was still beautiful. You know, guys can look past that, and you chubbies out there know it. You still get laid, don't you? You know it. You can still get laid, right? You, no matter how big you are, I'm sure you can still get laid. <laughs> it's not the same for dudes. All right, I'm chubby, all right, but I'm also interesting, funny, and I can play the drums, the trumpet, the guitar, the ukulele, not so much a guitar. Too many strings. The, uh, but the point is, is that there's a far more to attraction than physical form. At least that's what ugly people tell themselves. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Jamel, a.k.a. Jamal. It's a guy I discovered recently on YouTube. Because uh, he was, uh, I don't know why it popped up. It ended up in my recommended. Um, probably because I listened to a lot of 70s and <laughs> 70s music on YouTube. And it, so it was uh, this Jamal guy, or Jamel, I don't know. It's one of his names. is Jamal, Jamal and or Jamal. Look for him on YouTube. Uh, Jamel, a.k.a. Jamal. And uh, he sit there. He sit there. Reacts to like Gordon Lightfoot songs. It's it's great. It's fantastic. I really do like it. And um, uh, and it just it brings me back to a time. I don't know if you went to our Facebook page. You know, I I posted a bunch of his videos. If you go to Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook, I posted a bunch of his videos. And uh, it just reminds me of the era when in the like the seventies, eighties, and nineties, um, when you would sit there and you talk talk to music, talk about music to your friends. And so forth. You know, you'd be sitting there in your room. You got eight tracks and records laying all over the place, and you're having these conversations about music and stuff like that. And then your friends like, "No, I need to bring. I need to bring these my records next time. I need to show you what I what I want." And there was like a more active participation when it comes to music. Now, music is very much like Queen's Radio Gaga song, where you know they it became some background noise for the girls and boys who just don't know and just don't care and just complain. When you're not there, you know, people can, you know, they listen to music all the time. They have it in their ears. They got in their little earbuds and everything. You know, they got it through their Bluetooth and going through the the car stereo. 
It's always, it's everywhere. You can absorb it 24 hours a day if you want, if you're that crazy. But it's, there, it, there was a different way that we listened to music in the 70s when you couldn't absorb it all. When all you had was this uh, uh, two dozen records, you know, and you'd ask your friends, if you got some records, bring them over. Let's listen to the records. Talk about the music. And you could talk about things, you know, you'd have these conversations. Like, for example, EK. EK has the most horrible taste in music. It's all right? true. And, and he agrees with me. He has the most horrible taste in music. But he will say, it's like, oh, you never heard that song? And then he'll pull it up on his phone and he sit there and he'll play it, to, play it for me. And I'll listen to it. It's awful. It's horrible. It's a horrible song. But I'll sit there and I'll listen to it, one, because I get exposed to music that I wouldn't normally listen to because I have uh, um, ridiculous... <laughs> I'm ridiculously... What's the, what's the word? I'm ridic ridiculously, prete ridiculously pretentious about well, the music I like. But so it's good to be exposed to things you wouldn't, norm wouldn't normally be exposed to. Two, Eric's my friend. And I like talking to him about music. And that's what you do with friends, is you would talk to them about music. And when I was growing up, it's like, you could be a drummer like me, and you go and sit there, it's like you play a bunch of records for each other. It's like, oh, I got some Who, I got some, <laughs> I got some Queen. It's like, listen, listen, to this drum, uh, listen to this drum part in Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. You know, and you get in this argument with him, it's like, oh, no, YYZ, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's impossible. I'm pretty sure YYZ is impossible. Or you have this conversation, like, you know, uh, Roger Taylor's no Keith Moon. I was like, oh, okay, you know. And that's what was cool about listening to these records. You'd have these conversations. That's why I like this guy's channel, Jamel, a.k.a. Jamal. Go check him out. Is because it's like he's discovering the 70s music, and you get, to, you get to sit there with him and enjoy, you know, the music, talk about it, comment about it. I, I like that. I like that. And I think that's how music should be listened to. I mean... And that's, that's how you do, do things with friends, you know, you, if, especially with music, especially in the age before the internet, with like uh, entertainment was like six channels on television and your record collection, okay? So uh, you could sit there with your friends and listen to records and talk about music, and you'd have friends come over and you'd, you'd trade tapes, you'd trade records, you'd listen, to, listen to, to them together, or if you didn't have time, say, listen to this, we'll talk about it next week. And that's the way, that's... I don't know. I wouldn't have been exposed to so many artists that I love to this day if it hadn't been for sitting down and talking with friends about music. You know, I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't met some people to introduce me to Easy e or Funk. I couldn't imagine missing out on Funk or, you know, Parliament. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine my life if I'd missed out on that. And that's why actively listening to music is something that I advocate. I was like, it shouldn't be in the background. You know, I've, I, I gave writing tips, what was it, last episode, two episodes ago? I don't know. But I said, I don't listen to music when you write because the music just becomes background and music deserves your full attention, you know? You know, I think, you know, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine missing out on funk. My life would be totally different if, you know, if Fred didn't bring over a parliament. <laughs> what was that, a Mothership Connection? Oh, that's such a good album. And so... Uh, <laughs> It's so uh, I couldn't I couldn't imagine my life if without funk, you know I could have gone without punk, you know. Um, uh, Gavin McGinnis is big on punk, but if Gavin McGinnis and I were sitting there having a conversation, and he's sitting there is like, you know, I'll sit there and listen to a stupid a anal Chinook song, because I want to I I love music, you do too, let's listen to it and talk about it. Who doesn't love music? 
you know, it's like, uh, it was like, hey, do you like music? Depends on the music. That's the only, only reasonable answer. It's like everyone loves music of some sort. There's some people like marching band music. Do you believe that? Uh, anyway, was it last week I talked about the UFO footage? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, people seem to like it when I talked about the UFO footage last week. And I know this topic uh, tends to bring people out. You know, people like this. This is one of those... Uh, constantly trending topics is ufo ufo disclosure files ufo disclosure so i want to talk a little bit about ufo dis disclosure <clears throat> um so imagine all of the governments of the world say russia and the united states who are probably the uh, nations probably russia united states and china probably the three nations on this planet that have the most experience or understanding of what ufos are say they all decide is like we're going to release everything we have to the public and let you know everything we know about UFOs, which is probably just a tiny bit more than what we suspect, okay? Which is they're, they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. They kill farm animals. You know, they, they take people up and like, uh, get in, loser, we're doing butt stuff. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the, uh, and that's always like we could, you know, imagine Trump getting up there. It's like we could barely track these things. You know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, you know. <laughs> there they are. Here we are. Frankly, I'm not sure what to do about it. And that's the, that's the general con conclusion, if you ask me, is that if, if, if they disclose all this, there's probably not a whole lot we can do about these aliens. But if full disclosure, if the government said, is like, this is true, this is everything that's happening, we want to keep you in the loop for some reason, let's talk about what could possibly happen if the uh, UFO file, uh, disclosure files were released to everybody. All the markets all over the world could collapse, okay, because everyone wants to pull their money out and enjoy life, enjoy their money immediately to the fullest because a death ray from Nebulon 4 could zap us at any second, okay? Religions, here's another thing, religions around the world would, would be abandoned. Churches, like people would abandon churches like crazy, you know, questions and questions like, uh, was Jesus an alien starts to gain some real traction. You know, people would, people would commit suicides because their faith is shaken to the shambles of such news. New alien worshiping churches might spring up other than Scientology, obviously. Depre like I said, suicides and depression would skyrocket because humanity thought they were the top dogs. And we clearly are not, if this is true. Look at me. I'm a, I'm a believer now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then people will be living in fear of alien attack and abduction that could cause crime to skyrocket, that could cause all sorts of weird, screwed up behavior. What's it that James Jane said in that Heart of Gold episode? Oh, it was so good. There's people going to die. And when people die, there's going to be all sorts of screwed up behavior when people aren't used to it. Wow, what an accurate and wise assessment from Jane Cobb. That's exactly true. And this is, uh, what was that show, Breaking Bad, where Ted uh, is being intimidated by the wife. What's her name, that bitch? Yeah, and he, he panics, and he just, he runs, and he trips on a carpet, and like slides across the floor and bangs his head, and like really fucks it up. That's what happens in life or death situations. Crazy shit will happen. I saw a fight break out once, and the dude just turned and started running and ran right into a wall. Knocked himself out. <laughs> he can't like that one. 
screwed up behavior when stuff starts going crazy, it happens. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, aliens. <laughs> all right, and people are going to start worrying about you know where um where all the aliens. Uh, what are they doing? Why they why they come all the way here just to like abduct us and look inside our butt? And then you know these serious questions will be asked at press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> and Trump will have to answer them. Trump will have to come up. He's like, Mr. President, Mr. President, you, you, okay. Um, why did the aliens come all the way here just to, like, look in our butts and stuff? And then Trump would seriously have to address the crowd and say something like, frankly, they don't have butts. They don't have butts, and they find the whole concept hilarious. They, they, they'll abduct you. They'll knock you out. They'll knock you out. They'll take a bunch of pictures of your butt. They'll post it on their alien Instagram. Uh, uh, butts are like uh, a meme in their culture, frankly. Serious questions like that being asked of the president. So um, UFO, UFO disclosure, I think it's all going to be uh, probably a bad thing because I think the government acknowledging that there is beings that we do not understand still in the universe and they're very close to us, and they are watching us, and they are getting involved with us, it could create panic. I do trust the American people. I do trust the people in the world to just go on about your life. And it's like, hey, not too many years ago, <clears throat> people thought they were you know, dragons in the ocean. <laughs> people still think there's an underground world with monsters. We still think there's some Sasquatch out there that could rip you limb from limb. Or just a lost Wookiee. Okay, uh, eight minutes left. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, speaking of butts, a guy told me this weekend to shove a large pizza, large pepperoni pizza, up my ass sideways. Now, it was extremely considerate of him to, 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 to say that. I mean, after all, pizza comes horizontal, you know, parallel to the ground, you know. And so sideways would mean vertical. So shoving it up my ass sideways is pepper. You may lose some pepperonis, but shoving it up my ass sideways is obviously the most comfortable and reasonable way to shove a large pepperoni pizza up your ass, large being 14 inches. So uh, I thought that was very, very considerate of him. I mean, I understand that he was mad and doesn't wasn't necessarily mad at me, but he was considerate enough. It's like, I do want to tell you to shove this pizza up your ass, but I recommend you do it sideways. Now, before you ask, I did not comply with his request. But I mean, I think that was very nice of him to be that concerned about my comfort and safety. All right. This is, this is six. This, <laughs> this is note section six, where uh, it's just a bunch of create hodgepodge of like leftover little concepts that are, Incomplete thoughts or something. Sometimes I throw the news worth, uh, not the news, the uh, the mailbag in this in this slot. Okay, so uh, I had a dream a couple nights ago that I was hanging out with Tom Segura. Tom Segura's phone just starts going mm, mm, buzzing on the table, and he, uh, he looks down at the phone, and Tom goes, "It's Bert." And I look at Tom, and I say, "Just let it go to voicemail." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, okay, see, see." Um, so I think my subconscious is telling me that I find Burt Kreischer to be annoying, uh, probably because he is annoying. 
And so, um, or maybe I should stop listening to Two Bears in One Cave. Do you think Burt Kreischer, you think Burt Kreischer's uh, played out his shtick? I think he has. Uh, Tom Segura might survive because he's actually a good comedian. Excuse me. Anyway, um, yeah, one more, more butt stuff. We got a lot of butt stuff today. I think maybe I'll title the episode butt stuff. We'll see. We'll see later. Uh, I looked up Gavin McInnes' band um, when he was young. It was called Anal Chinook. My God. My God, is it awful. I mean, even for punk, it's awful. Uh, I, uh, I think the name of the song was Don't Take My Foreskin. <laughs> and there's one thing I know about Gavin McInnes is that dude, that dirty dick dude loves his foreskin. Okay, so don't check out Anal Chinook. <laughs> Even for punk, it's shitty. <laughs> oh, I do want to read his book, Death of Cool. I mean, I listened to an old podcast recently uh, where he's talking about 9 11 because he was, he was in Manhattan on September 11th. And uh, it's rough. I mean, he talks about how 9 11 changed his life and made him get serious about because he was in the punk scene. At the time, he was uh, uh, working at Vice Magazine. And, uh, and then he started, he decided he wanted to get serious about politics and the state of the world and Islamo-fascism and so forth. And, you know, it kind of, Death of Cool, it's about, it's about a guy coming of age. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, Generation X, you know, coming of age was September 11th, 2001. So I definitely want to read his book. Um, yeah. The point is, is that I'm saying is like Gavin McInnes is, a, is, is, uh, is annoying too. All right. But at least he has some depth, unlike Burt Crusher. All right, maybe a little bit early, but uh, you got that picture that we brought up last week? Okay. All right, are you ready to get back to work? Because everybody seems to be getting ready to get back to work, and I'm sure you have jobs to get done. And if you're in the Charlotte Hall, Maryland area, and thereabouts, then look no further than Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated. Just search for them on buzzfile.com or you can call them at 301-884-2699. For over 24 years, Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated has specialized in non-residential construction. Now, I think I need to check in with the, uh, the advertiser because I think they do uh, residential construction as well. I'm not sure. I think on the picture, does it, it does show? It, it does say commercial and residential. So I'm sorry if I put that out. It's like, yeah, they'll pretty much do anything anywhere. So look them up. Royal Builders Custom Construction Company in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. You can call them at 301-884-2699. Or um, I'll, put, I'll put a link down in the uh, description podcast description so you can visit our sponsor. Um, yeah, get her done! With Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated. <laughs> Thank you. Tell them Shock Monkey Radio sent you. We appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, it's about that time. A, little, a couple minutes early, but we'll get into the news worth knowing now. Let me put one back in the chamber. Hold on. So I'm sure you probably heard about this Ahmad Arbery killing it's been in the news a lot of people talking about it a lot of people jumping to conclusions uh so what's interesting about this this article that i'm doing today is i was looking you know i prefer fox news but i uh 
Uh, I didn't find an article I was pleased with. There's something I could um, talk about on Fox News on this particular story. So I actually went to CNN for this one. And you should read multiple news news sources. All right? This is just something you do as a smart person. You know, if you think Fox News is biased, you're right. If you think CNN is biased, you're right. <laughs> the fairness doctrine has been gone for a while now. All right? <clears throat> you remember the fairness doctrine? You remember? Oh, look, EK studied. He paid attention. He paid attention in social studies. Why I get so angry about the news? Mm-hmm. So it's damn social studies classes in the 90s. My damn senior year government teacher is like, you're going to give a shit about the news before you leave this class. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Yeah. Mr. Stableford. Uh, yeah, so uh, a suspect, he's damn, CNN's ads are just the worst. You know? They're just the worst. So I'm going to jump into the story because I can't get past this leggings ad this happened in glenn <laughs> glenn county georgia and <laughs> cnn what else ads what other ads are they gonna have Fair. lululemon shit <laughs> all right this happened in glenn county georgia where i actually used to live i used to live down there in, in brunswick uh uh one of the t one of the men accused of a f in the fatal shooting of ahmaud arbery forgive me if i pronounce that wrong uh was involved in a uh, previous prosecution of Arbery, according to a letter written by a prosecutor who has since recused himself from the case. There's a bunch of people who have been recu recusing themselves in this case, which is suspicious as hell. All right. In an April 7th letter, uh, Waycross Judicial Circuit uh, District Attorney George Barnhill wrote that his son and the suspect, Gregory McMichael, helped with an earlier prosecution of Arbery when they both worked for the Brunswick Judicial uh, Circuit District Attorney's Office. Brunswick Judicial Circuit District. Wow. That's a tongue twister. Did they intentionally make it a tongue twister? Friggin', friggin Georgia. <laughs> it's the Judicial Circuit District Attorney's Office. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm back in Georgia right now. It's so hot. The bugs are huge. Anyway, so they... <laughs> Gregory McMichael, 64, and his 34-year-old son, Travis McMichael were arrested Thursday evening and faced charges for uh, or murder or at for murder or aggravated assault in Arbery's killing on February 23rd. All right, and here's it, here's a very real problem when it comes to this story is that um, this happened on February 23rd. This is when the incident happened. They just got arrested on Thursday. All right, very suspicious, very curious, bunch of people recusing themselves. Let's go on with the story. Barnhill was the second prosecutor to oversee the case over the Bruns uh, after the Brunswick DA recused herself due to her office's previous connection to McMichael. Barnhill said in a letter that he believed it best to recuse his office from the case given the connections between his son, McMichael, and Arbery. <sighs> the Atlanta Journal. All right. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution first reported Barnhill's letter stating McMichael previously investigated Arbery. Barnhill's letter sent to the office of Georgia Attorney uh, General Chris Carr did not specify. Okay, these are like the details of the case. I may have picked the wrong thing. I want to find if there's like some, some sort of summary about the incident. All right. Um, yeah, so if you don't know, 
This is an incident that happened in Brunswick, Brunswick Georgia. And um, uh, apparently they had seen this guy, Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmud, I don't know. Sorry. Ahmad Aubrey was seen in a construction site and uh, 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 people have uh, stated that they had seen him there before or they had seen him trespassing on this property and so forth before. And so these uh, McMichael guys, father and son, uh, decided to get in a truck armed and chase this guy down to effect some sort of citizen's arrest. Now, here's the thing about these kind of incidents. Vigilantism is illegal for this very reason. You know, you don't need a shotgun to deal with theft, okay? Unless it's a beanbag shotgun. And even then, even then, you don't want to... There's risk. There's risk. And that should be done by professionals, not the citizenry. Observe and report as a citizen. You know, go chase down somebody in a truck is terrifying and dangerous. All right. I know a lot of people are pissed off about this incident, and they should be. I'm pissed off about this incident because it took since February to arrest people for a suspicious homicide, suspicious death, at the very minimum. At the very minimum, it's a suspicious death. But apparently, this guy took two shotgun shots to the chest. Sure, they may have been struggling over the gun, but why was there a shotgun there at all if it's just a theft from a construction site? Call the police. Don't deal with this yourself. That's vigilantism. And that's just going to get you in trouble, Mr. McMichael. And sure, racism may have been a factor in these particular people's minds. But let's, let's be honest. <laughs> now, the story is being, uh, uh, not the story, the, the investigation is underway. You can't hide this stuff for long. And there may have been some buddy-buddy uh, chummy uh, interaction between this, I think he's an ex-cop. This older guy is an ex-cop, and the district attorney's office, you know, and a lot. That's why people are recusing themselves. This guy is dead. He is dead, and he doesn't have to be, even if he was stealing. Okay, and people should not be getting in their trucks armed with shotguns to chase down somebody who stole from a construction site. I. I know it's boring in Brunswick. I've lived in Brunswick. You know, I also know that it's uh, quite a segregated area. I don't know if it is anymore, but back when I was living there, it was a, quite a segregated area. Brunswick proper, uh, the city, is very um, uh, African-American. Very, I don't know why I'm trying to be delicate. It's, it's the black part of town. It's, uh, and then you have like St. Simon's Island, you have Jekyll Island, where all the rich white people live, a couple, a couple rich black people. Uh, and then you have uh, the north side, and then you got north side of um, is is kind of integrated. Same with the south side where this happened. It's kind of integrated uh, at the southeast side, southwest side. Sorry, where this happened, and it, it, it's it's a weird city. Like Brunswick proper is very homogenous, and like Saint Simon's Island and Jekyll Island, quite homogenous. And but there are these like uh, integrated areas. And when I lived there, I lived in one of these integrated areas, and so. Uh, they have a federal law enforcement training center there. So it's, um, uh, I'm sure there is tension between the communities, especially in a town like Brunswick. 
And if you ever heard of Brunswick, Georgia before, it's probably because of Brunswick stew, which is basically like Westfall stew or Red Ridge goulash. It's just put everything in the pot and stir it up, you know. So it's uh, not that I like Brunswick stew, actually. So it's, it's, it's a fairly small town. It's representative of a very rural America where there are codified neighborhoods that hold over since, like, before the Civil War, you know. And so it's a... <clears throat> I'm sure that there is some racism in there somewhere. Do I think of do I think that it's uh, indicative of, of a, a culture of racism? No, because there are going to be people prosecuted. These guys have been arrested. An investigation is probably going to find these guys guilty of something. Very minimum, m- minimum manslaughter. Probably a couple extra charges, reckless endangerment. <laughs> Driving along in a truck with a loaded shotgun. Anyway, so they're talking about all the details of this case, and there's a lot of details to this case. And you got to pay attention to it. Investigations take time. Don't lead to judgment one way or another. And that's why I think Fox News didn't have a story on this, because they're waiting for more details to come out. And that's probably responsible. That's probably the responsible things, thing to do, is let the um, investigation uncover what it's going to uncover. But if you're just re- reacting to two good old boys in Georgia shot a black guy who's just jogging on, on the road by himself... And then your reaction is clearly racism. Let the investigation happen. Find out what happened. Get the details. Put them in court. Let them have their day in court. Represent the deceased, obviously. That's how justice works in this country. It doesn't work on Twitter. That's not where justice is. God rest you, Ahmad. Arbery, you should not have died. And that is clear. That is clear to anyone with half a brain. It's clear. Okay, so uh, let's go to the next story. Graham to seek testimony from Obama officials on Rus- Russia probe and could issue subpoenas. Y'all going to jail. Y'all going to jail. I don't know if you've been following this Obamagate stuff, but this is big, y'all. This is big. Uh, The Senate Judiciary Committee uh, plans to request top Obama officials testify as part of its investigation into the origins of the FBI's Russia probe during the 2016 presidential election and would consider compelling their testimony, GOP source told Fox News. Fox News was also told that the committee, which has been investigating investigating the origins of the FBI's original probe through the appointment of former special uh, special counsel Robert Mueller, is considering inviting the former uh, Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, former Director former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, and former uh, CIA Director uh, John Brennan to testify before the committee. Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina, also said last week that he wants the committee to hear from former FBI Director James Comey and former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe in the summer months. These are a lot of familiar names we're hearing. <laughs> the source told Fox News that the committee would invite the ex-officials to appear, uh, but would subpoena them if they encounter resistance. The source told Fox News that Senate investigators are looking at various pieces coming from various sources as part of their investigation. This is a multi-level puzzle, the source said. 
<laughs> they're looking at layer upon layer, and you have to be able to tell the story of exactly what's going on and who's doing what, when, and why. Ugh, sounds excruciatingly boring. I and mean, let the lawyers deal with that. <laughs> when you're done with your investigation, let us know. Uh, it is unclear at this point when the committee uh, could invite Obama officials to testify. The discussions come, in, came, come as scrutiny is intensifying on the awareness of the top levels of the administration that, of that investigation, specifically concerning former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Fox News had learned that separately, Acting Director of National Intelligence Richard Grinnell has decided to declassify information about the Obama administration officials who were behind the, quote, unmasking of Flynn, whose calls with the former Russian ambassador during the presidential transition were picked up in surveillance and later leaked. No one's really talking about that. They're just listening to the calls. Uh, one area Senate investigators exploring uh, are exploring is a January 5th, 2017 meeting. God, I'm spitting a lot today. A January 5th, 2017 meeting in the Oval Office involving Yates, Brennan, Clapper, Comey, then National Security Advisor Susan Rice, and Obama. A document unsealed last week as part of the uh, Department of Justice's uh, motion to dismiss the case against Flynn uh, detailed a special counsel interview of Yates, which indicated Obama was aware of Flynn's intercepted December 2016 phone calls with the then-Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, during the <coughs> excuse me, presidential transition period. He knew about it. A document revealed Yates... Uh, learned about the calls during the meeting, and at that point, the document said Yates had no idea the president what the president was talking about, but figured it uh, get out based on the com figured it out based on the conversation. Should be coming there. Yates recalled Comey mentioning the Logan Act, but can't recall if it specified uh, there was an investigation. Comey did not talk about prosecution in the meeting. Meeting. This would eventually lead Flynn to being interviewed amid supposed concern that he had violated the obscure and never successfully enforced Logan Act and later pleaded uh, guilty, pleading guilty to lying to investigators about his Kislyak talks. All right, uh, I know I'm rushing to judgment, and you, like I said just in the last story, is like you, the investigation needs to be done. You know, we need to get all the evidence in and so forth and stuff like that, but you're going to jail, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good. This isn't good. This is the um, this story is basically is like the Obama administration. Once Trump was elected, once he was president elect, the Obama administration tried to undermine his presidency because they are so butthurt about not being able to pass it off to Hillary and continue their socialist evolution of this country. Ah. Uh, I think that's that's all that needs to be said about that. <laughs> I think I think I wrapped it up tightly there at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Socialists. Uh so customers are dicks. Sometimes they tell you to shove a pizza up your ass. Um so ice cream shop employee, 17 years old, receives over thirty thousand dollars in donations after unyielding verbal assault on reopening day. This is an interesting story. Uh, a former employee employee of a Ma Massachusetts I ice cream parlor has received more than $30,000 in donations for her college fund after becoming the target of unyielding verbal assault from patrons on reopening day. Mark Lawrence, the owner of Polar Cave Ice Cream Parlor in Mashpee on Cape Cod, 
had uh, uh, originally shared the shocking story. Oh, it's in Cape Cod. Now I get why they're dicks. Anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, this is Polar Cave Ice Cream Parlor in Mashpee on Cape Cod had originally shared the shocking story on Saturday, just one day after the shop reopened to the public under the state's uh, coronavirus guidelines. That day, the shop was overwhelmed with customers, some of whom became agitated that their orders were taking too long, but instead of waiting patiently, Lawrence said customers began spewing vulgar and hateful words towards one of his, one of his employees. Uh, she was met with unyielding verbal assault with some of the most vulgar and disgusting words hurled at her. He wrote in GoFundMe page he organized for the employee's college fund. What a great boss to work for. Quote, these shouldn't be heard in a men's locker room, never mind directed to a teenager. What a great boss. Uh, the girl, just 17, then quit at the end of her shift. She had worked for the shop for three years. It was 17 you can work at 14 in Massachusetts? With a work permit, yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, in 19 years of operation, this is a quote, in 19 years of operations, this is the lowest feeling I've ever felt, Lawrence, Lawrence wrote in a Facebook post on Friday after the shop had closed. Regardless of people's frustrations, to take it out on a teenage girl is simply wrong. It cost me one of my best employees due to the rudeness directed at her tonight. So wrong in so many ways to treat a teenager with such disrespect, no matter the circumstances. Lawrence decided not to reopen his shop on Saturday. Instead, he started working on a new plan to try to, re uh, try to prevent angry crowds from rushing his shop and harassing his workers, devising a system requ requiring customers to place their orders at least one hour in advance. But that's not all Lawrence is doing. After becoming inundated with calls and kind messages from the community, he decided to set up a GoFundMe fundraiser uh, with the goal of raising money for the 17-year-old girl's college fund because he knew she was planning to work as much as possible to save money for college before she quit. What a great guy. As of Tuesday morning, the fundraiser has garnered over $30,000. I think you're covered for a couple of years at least. <laughs> nice. Yeah, in-state, in-state, fair enough. All right, in a recent Facebook post, uh, Lawrence said she was grateful for the outpouring of support, not only for the former employee, but for, the business, uh, for businesses such as his own. Quote, thank you for the outpouring of love and support from all around the world. It is impossible for me to thank you all personally, but please know I read each and every post, he wrote on Monday. The, quote, the underlying message here, that gets lost is how will other businesses reopen? There is no roadmap to, map to follow, he added in a later paragraph. Eh, there's kind of a roadmap. Uh, years of being in business, no one has ever had to go through anything like this. It's like receiving a box from Ikea with a bunch of stuff with no instructions and making something. All right, I guess. What works for one business may be a complete failure at another. Each business is unique in its own way. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. Representative for Polar Cave was not immediately available to confirm that the seven, if the 17-year-old had returned to her position at the shop. The parlor instead responded with a prepared statement thanking the public for its support. Quote, the overwhelming uh, response to the events last Friday is incredible and could never have been expected to reach the international level it has become, the message said. Currently, we're in the process of opening on a very limited, very limited basis, all caps, uh, with an online ordering platform and the hope is to grow it daily just as long as everything is running smoothly. So I guess people in Cape Cod are dicks, which doesn't surprise me. Um, what's interesting, I think, is that the, there's far more 
kind people in the world. And that's why when people hear about this, this, is, this was a national story. You know, all these businesses that are reopening in the face of this uh, pandemic uh, are making national stories, especially if, you, you know, you're being told to shut down or something like that. But here's the, here's the other side of that coin or a different curtain on the show. If, you know, behind curtain number two, you know, you have these businesses that do open, do operate legitly. But because of all the, the, the new guidelines and restrictions to when you, know, you want to protect your customers and so forth, it's going to take longer to prepare your order. It may cost more to get your order because of supply chains and uh, supply uh, limitations. But... That doesn't mean you get to be mean to some 17-year-old girl, all right? You shouldn't be mean to anybody, all right? Especially when it's service. Especially if they're handling your food. Especially if they're handling your food. <laughs> you out of your mind? Oh, my God. So I just... That's the point, is that this girl raised $30,000 for her, to her, her uh, college tuition, and that's excellent. And that's because there are far more good people in the world than there are, than there are, good <laughs> than there are dicks in Cape Cod. Cape Cod's a small place. The world's a big place, and most people are kind and nice and so forth. Doesn't surprise me people in Cape Cod are dicks. <laughs> it's like going to L.A. Like, people are dicks here, and it's like it's fucking L.A. So good for that girl. I hope she goes and gets an education and finds a way to sue the fuck out of all those people or something like that. <laughs> uh, speaking of other L.A. slime balls, uh, so I don't know if you saw this, uh, Los Angeles officials panned on social media after announcing new restrictions with be beaches reopen. Beaches reopening in California, where it's hot right now. All right. Los Angeles County officials are facing criticism this week after announcing the restrictions that will go into effect when beaches reopen during the coronavirus uh, outbreak. The Los Angeles County Department of Beaches and Harbors, which oversees more than 30 miles of the Golden State's coastline, said only certain individual and family activities will be permitted when the shores reopen on Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Walking, running, swimming, and surfing, they say, are allowed, but sun sunba sunbathing to dry off once a person comes out of the water, is not. Okay, here's the uh, the tweet that they put out for the LA, LA beaches and harbors. Uh, on, on May 13th, Los Angeles County beaches reopened with the following rules. You're not going to believe this. Bullet one, individual family activities ex and exercise only. Bullet two, no lying or sitting on sand, canopies, coolers, or picnicking. Six-foot physical distancing and masks required. Parking lots, bike paths, piers, and boardwalks to remain closed. You don't know how to beach, L.A. beaches and harbors. You don't know how to beach. you telling me, like, sitting still, sleeping on a beach while getting a tan is dangerous to anybody? Don't go near that person. Plus, it's people at the beach. That means it's warm. That means it's hot enough that it's probably going to kill the virus before it even reaches two feet away from you. You can be sitting there and like spitting like I am talking and hit somebody's face and it just the virus just burns on the skin. They're like, oh, it's so hot! And COVID-19 just burns alive! Do some science. Have some guts. Have some guts. 
if we just lose one life by making a decision, shut up. People die every day. You know? Nobody stopped driving because, you know, people are still getting in car wrecks. Life, life includes the assumption of risk. You know? And don't discount your immune system. Don't discount it. There, there are tons of people in this country, in the world, who have had it and never even knew it. Okay? And it's particularly these liberal places like Los Angeles. You know, they're just trying to be these... Uh, authoritarians. They're, you know, they take this opportunity. It's like, I'm trying to, I want to be the dictator and dictate how everybody lives. But you're just a mayor of a small, shitty town. I don't care. <laughs> you're the governor of Michigan. Who gives a shit what you think? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go to the next story. Uh, Brian Adams goes on an expletive lace tirade about China and the coronavirus. First reaction, holy shit, Brian Adams is still alive, huh? Wow. Okay, let's let's read the story. Brian Adams, the Canadian rocker, uh, created a stir online Monday after he posted an expletive-filled rant against the greedy bastards uh, behind Chinese wet markets that he... <laughs> I guess I'll laugh. <clears throat> after he posted an expletive-filled rant against the greedy bastards behind Chinese wet markets uh, that he says produced the coronavirus and put his tour on hold. Wow. Adam, Adam, 60, who uh, was scheduled to play a series of shows at London's Albert Hall starting on Monday night. In a post on Instagram, he slammed those on, in China who frequent wet markets. Quote, tonight was supposed to be the beginning of uh, a Tennessee of gigs at uh, Royal Albert Hall. But thanks to some fucking bat-eating, wet market animal-selling, virus-making, greedy bastards, the whole world is now on hold, Adams wrote. My message to them, other than thanks a fucking lot, is go vegan. <laughs> hey, Brian Adams is still alive and kicking. <laughs> oh, man, the singer famous for Summer of 69, everything I do, I do it for you, cuts like an oven. You know the ones. Have you ever loved a woman? so moist for him. Anyway, the singer, famous for those hits, uh, played an acoustic uh, rendition of Cuts Like a Knife um, during the post where he also shared he was staying at home with his family. Quote, it's been great hanging out in isolation with my children and family, but I miss my other family, my band, my crew, and my fans. How many families you got, dude? Mom in every state, man. I make the chicks wet. Have you ever love to Makes the chicks wet, man. I don't, I don't know why. Anyway, his, his comments and song were still up on Instagram, although a similar post by Brian was deleted from his Twitter account on Monday night. Uh, it received both praise and anger from people on social media. What markets in China have been accused of being the source of the coronavirus pandemic and spreading the initial sickness? <laughs> a little background of what he's talking about. Uh, quote, given the strong link between illegal wildlife sold in wet markets and zoonotic diseases, the United States has called on the People's Republic of China to permanently close its wildlife wet markets and all markets that sell illegal wildlife. I call on all Asian, A-S-E-A-N, governments to do the same. This is what Mike Pompeo said in a statement last month, according to National Public Radio. Uh, yeah, so... uh. 
<laughs> that tells, hey, he won a Grammy back in 1992 for everything I do, I do it for you. Is because it was in that Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie starring Kevin Costner. And if you think about it, like Brian, Brian Adams and Kevin Costner, they're, they're, they're kind of the same type of guy, you know, and that girls like that type of guy, the Kevin Costner type guy, the Brian Adams kind of, the kind of weird fucked up face kind of guy. But he sings about loving a woman. I'll make you wet. And you'll want to bang Kevin Costner. <laughs> Weren't chicks hot for Kevin Costner back in the day? Is he an attractive man? I don't know. Anyway, we got four minutes left. Uh, I like to end with a happier story. And, you know, Tina Fey is cute. You know, she's always been cute. She may be liberal, but she's cute. And sometimes you can agree with liberal peoples, especially when they're cute, like Tina Fey. Whoop. All right, so let's get to the story. Tina Fey shed tears after announcing that more than $115 million was raised towards supporting New Yorkers impacted by the coronavirus during a virtual telethon. Thank you, thank you, said the tearful Fey, uh, the host of Rise Up New York event Monday evening. The Emmy-winning Emmy winning actress, along with other A-list celebrities, including Barbara Streisand, Jennifer Lopez, and Michael Strahan, asked for donations to help... Uh, to help relief and recovery efforts. Quote, our city is under attack, and we've been, but we've been here before, Robert De Niro said. In the last 20 years, both 9-11 and Hurricane Sandy, you can take your best shot and you cannot break our spirit. The one-hour benefit was presented by the New York-based uh, poverty-fighting uh, organization, Robin Hood and iHeart Media. Robin Hood said that all the donations will uh, provide uh, support for food, shelter, cash assistance, mental health, legal services, and education. Are you going to give them cigarettes and drugs like they are in L.A.? San Francisco? Was it San Francisco or L.A.? They're doing that. Anyway. Whole other story. Uh, quote, if you had breakfast today, you are better off than two million of your neighbors who wake up hungry, Tina Fey said. Mariah Carey performed her 1992 song, Make It Happen. She sang while her backup singers and pianists performed on separate screens to the upbeat tune. Now, we've done this thing. We tried to do the social media, like, but there's a delay. And so it's like we couldn't play it. Like, we tried to play ukulele, you know, trying to sing. Or we'd start singing, you know, I'm just the gigolo. And we're, the timing's off. So that seems hard to uh, do live music through uh, social me <coughs> social media. Anyway, Mariah Carey said, we can make it through this together. Uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, Cynthia Erivo, Adina Menzel, Ben Platt, and others performed a rendition of Frank Sinatra's classic song, New York, New York. Uh, Lopez introduced PS22 Chorus, a collection of New York elementary school, uh, school students who sang Andra Day's Rise Up. New York, I know your strength, said Lopez, a New York native. Uh, Spike Lee shared encouraging words that sports would return someday soon. I know, man. We're all hurting. We're all hurting. It's like, no baseball. No baseball. <laughs> so Spike Lee is like, he's a man. <laughs> like sports. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Streisand and Audra McDonald showed the same optimism about New York City's theater district coming back stronger than ever after being closed due to the pandemic lockdown. New York Giants greats, including Strahan, Eli, Eli Manning, Phil Simms, and Justin Tuck, announced an opportunity through a sweepstakes 
for one plan to play a game of touch football with the players in their own backyard and get a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I'm sorry. What kind of nerd football fan, football fanboy is going to try to tackle Phil Sims or something like that? Be like, I'm tickle, 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 Phil Sims. It's like, oh, this is too weird, man. <laughs> uh, other musical performances include Sting's message, message in a Bottle and Bon Jovi's It's My Life. That's uh, probably not so bad. For most people, the coronavirus causes mild, mild, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is, it's like $115 million for basically the epicenter of the COVID-19 epidemic. In New York is an excellent, excellent feat, Tina Fey, you liberal bitch. You know, <laughs> I, I love you to pieces. You're cute as hell, and I totally bang you even today. But that being said, is like there's a lot of liberals here, and I agree with them. This is a good thing to do. Absolutely, help other people, help the other people in your city. You know, I can agree with Robert De Niro on stuff like this. When he gets on there and starts ranting about Trump, it's like, eh, you could disregard that. At least he's using a celebrity for something good in this instance. All right? It's a good thing to raise money for the people in your city, especially a place like New York, which, let's face it, we all love New York. It really is a beautiful city to visit. But that being said, is that New York, in many ways, is the home of every immigrant that came to this country. You know, my family, when they came to this country, it was Probably through New York or probably North Carolina. I don't know. I don't know. I think there are some pirates in my family. Robbins. That's my last name. Ro Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. Look for my books over on Amazon.com. Uh, go over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash ShockMonkeyRadio. Become a patron. It's 701. I went over. <laughs> Patreon.com slash ShockMonkeyRadio. Three bucks a month. All of our, all of our uh, 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 video content is available. The podcast will always remain free because I just I love speaking into the ether. I love that any one per any single one person has enjoyed themselves even on one podcast. I feel like I'm doing something good. That's just like FXBG Public Radio's Twitch channel. If you go over to twitch.com, search for FXBG Public Radio. Ek and I game, uh, play games a lot, and right now we have the um, uh, donation up, so you can donate to uh, Able Kids. Gamers. Able Gamers, where it creates uh, in, uh, interface software for disabled people. And uh, I think we had it up for a week. We raised over 100 bucks on that. And like I said, you know, every, every single dollar, every single dollar that we raise for that makes our gaming experience worth it. So go check us out. Check me out over on Patreon. Continue to watch our shows. Look, look, up, look us up on Facebook and YouTube. Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.